2009's cartoon Astro Boy. Yep, yep. Starring Charlie. Starring Charlie gets top billing on IMDb, and she is in it for how long did you say? One minute fifty-five seconds. I believe that is because it is by order of appearance. Uh, okay, that's not always the case. She does the opening narration. She does. Let's do our one sound review before we forget. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so this is a. It's fine. It's all right. Yeah, it's a it's movie. A, it's a it's a solid kids movie and it attempts some interesting concepts. Let me say, I watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine last night, and <laughs> this has a lot more interesting stuff to say about the nature of humanity and androids than that movie does. <laughs> I think you guys can fight about that movie another time because I believe Buff Shields is a big fan of that movie. I am. Oh um, boy. We also watched. <laughs> we we recently watched Westworld. Yes. And this had um, a lot of the same themes yeah. as the Westworld show. Less violent and sexual, but you know, still underlying. Yeah. It is a little violent. Like, I actually, this is a pretty upsetting movie in several parts. <laughs> I was saying to Bob, I, like when we watched it, I was like, it's weird to me because it it is definitely a kids movie. But it is more upsetting than I usually credit kids' movies with being, because like some of the the fighting in the final scene, I was like, wow, like this is this is really they're really going for killing this little kid. Well, like and the movie, literally, the kid is killed in the second or third scene. Yes, like like he literally dies. So let's do a quick plot yeah. summary. So the movie starts with Charlize Theron narrating that the world was getting buried in garbage, so they lifted a city up, and the rich people live above the surface dwellers. It doesn't actually address there being surface dwellers. Not doesn't she say? Who knows what happens on the surface? Something yeah. like yeah, they're Which just sort I, of like that's my Charlie Zenith by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're in their surface floating world, and the main character Toby is the son of the man who invents robots, and robots do everything for people. And the moment they start to not be good anymore, they jump off the floating city and fall to the surface. They're pushed off the yeah, they're, city. they're disposed of. Yeah, so it's sort of like there's a lot of like Wally elements to that. There's a lot of other movies elements to this. Yes. Uh, the the and not necessarily like one thing that I was struck by is how much the one robot looks like Baymax mm-hmm. and then I was like like Astro Boy that was made like a long time ago right the cartoon yes like like the 60s or something mm, yeah so I think the originally it was like in the 1960s and like it but it's carried on to like 60s 70s right 80s. so like clearly it predates Big Hero 6 right and this film predates the film Big Hero 6 yes so like I feel like a lot of the things that I was like oh this is just like like the floating city this is just like Elysium right but it's not 
So but there's a lot of like aesthetic elements that are very similar to other movies. So like the piles of trash is straight out of Wally. Yeah. The opening credits are exactly like the opening credits of Fight Club. Like, oh yeah. Even the way the the text disappears into like mist is exactly the same, and it has like the sort of scrappy, funny characterizations of robots from the movie Robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a lot underrated of underrated like, movie. Yes, well, not exactly overrated either. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just sort of unknown. Yeah, it's weird. I enjoyed that movie, and also like this random like things like oh he threw the ball too far for the dog, which is straight out of Superman Returns. <laughs> uh, and like so all kinds of stuff like but it also has like it's inspired a lot of other things as well like the floating city uh, like falling to the ground is very much like Avengers 2 yeah and so on and so forth so it's yeah it's a weird conglomerate of other ideas it's very weirdly stitched together so it's so the boy lives in the city up in the sky his father invented the robots and he's like classic bad dad you see him as a hologram in the back of the car being like son i'm backing out of a thing i promised you so we know that he's you know a bad dad and then he goes to this demonstration and there's a very dictatorial president who is using his power of funding over these scientists to make them put an energy source into a defense robot because he's using a lot of, you know, I need to get reelected so we need to be a war thing going on. Yeah. And it is a kid's movie, so it's simplistic in that the blue core energy is good, red core energy is bad. And he forces them to put the red core energy into this robot who, uh, who's called a peacekeeper. Who's called a peacekeeper. And also the president, his name is President Stone. He's voiced by Donald Sutherland. And for the first 20 minutes or so, I was sure that his name was President Snow, like Donald Sutherland in the Hunger Games <laughs> movies. And then there's a peacekeeper. Oh, yeah. Lots of overlap. <laughs> so the peacekeeper with the red core goes bad, and they realize that this, the boy has snuck into the containment field. The, and they lower a wall because he's shooting at everyone, and then they can't lift the wall. And Toby is on the other side, and he and his dad are like touching glass, and it's like, I need to save my son. And then the peacekeeper like tries to blow up the glass and fails to do it, and he's vaporized. And at first I was like, because the peacekeeper has weird absorbing power, so I was like, did he get absorbed by the peacekeeper? Like, what's happening? No, nope, he's no, just dead. He's just been vaporized, and they immediately cut to Nicolas Cage, like, building a robot version of his son and using his DNA to give him all of the memories. And then they secretly put the good core into his son, and then he doesn't really like the robot version of his son, so he cruelly, like, kicks him out. And then Toby's on the surface, and he makes friends with humans that are surface dwellers, and he helps them, like, scrap with robots, and he feels like he finally has a family, and it turns out that the father figure of that family is actually running, like, robot wars, and has figured out that Toby is a robot, so he shocks him, and then he forces him to fight other robots in a gladiatorial setting. There's a lot of things that could have been enough for this movie, like, that could have been the big bad. But no, that's not the big bad. Then he gets taken by President Stone, because he wants the blue core out of him so he can put it back in the Peacekeeper because he's losing the election. Nicolas Cage is like, that's fine, that's not my son so he like rips the heart out of him toby dies again and then two seconds later he's like i changed my mind you might not be toby but you are my son and then he puts it back into him and then there's a big battle between blue core astro boy and red core peacekeeper that has absorbed president 
No, Stone, 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 Stone. <laughs> then Stone and he have this like really big fight that seems very brutal. And at some point, Astro Boy has machine guns come out of his butt cheeks. Uh, <laughs> and then ultimately, he sacrifices himself and dies to save the whole city, which has crashed to the earth, but everyone's fine with the crashing. Then a robot that he had worked on earlier shares some of his blue core energy. The one who looks like Baymax. And he yes. comes back to life, and he and the character are voiced by Kristen Bell uh, hold hands and walk into the distance. Kristen and Bell with the classic purple streak in her black hair. Correct. And then suddenly, an alien arrives and attacks the city, and the movie ends. Yes, I actually looked about <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And then credits roll. It that was- makes sense to me. It was a lot. It's like at the it's like at the end of Incredibles when the Mole Man shows up. It's yeah. it's just meant to be a like and the adventure continues. Yeah. I guess, but it was it felt extreme because the Mole Man is different than like aliens blowing everyone up that just got blown up. I okay. Just cuz again like I couldn't tell what the age range of this movie was because a father being like I completely reject you. My son is vaporized family death. And also, are robots human or not? Right. That seems like a lot for a kid. Yeah. So let's talk about our Charlie's Zeniths. <laughs> yeah. Once I'm again, straight say I do not have one. Okay. <laughs> Once again, she's in it for a minute fifty five seconds of voiceover. So this might be the first time ever that we can probably show her entire performance. Yes. Uh, on the podcast from beginning to end. Here we are, floating peacefully in the sky. Metro City. The jewel in the crown. Beautiful, isn't it? But how did we get here? A century ago, the founders of Metro City, seeing our world was changing, took Mount Sophia and lifted it out of the earth and into the sky to be an oasis, a floating paradise. We don't really know what happens these days on the strange and mysterious surface we left behind. But life in Metro City is better than ever, thanks to our friends, the robots. Robots do our shopping. They cook for us. They serve our meals. They take good care of us. They even do the really important things, like reminding us to call mom on her birthday. Whether it's raising our children, building our buildings, taking care of our city, or making sure we're all fit and healthy, for these guys, no job is too big or too small. Plus, robots do a lot of the things that, frankly, we just don't want to do anymore. Oh, no. Don't worry, folks. That street will get clean. The best and brightest of them get picked for the more exciting tasks. This lucky guy is starting the first day at his new job. And it's all thanks to this man. Dr. Tenma, head of the Ministry of Science and father of modern robotics. Thanks to him and the incredible innovations. Hey, Toby, isn't that your dad? It sure is. Our friends, the robots, help us. Thousands are created every day and thousands are disposed of in the great unending cycle that sustains life in our great city. Thanks for everything, guys. May you rust in peace. But yeah, I'm struggling to remember. I, there was a particular part that I thought was good. It was something, and I can't remember what she said exactly, but she has that real sort of joyous but slightly sinister tone yeah. to her voice, where she's explaining it's like, and don't worry about the robots. They love doing whatever. Like, she, it's something like dismissive of the robots' right. status. 
similar to who knows what happens on the surface. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It was that part was funny, and uh, just to be clear, like she's a narrator that you don't see. It's not like she's like a character that's right. narrating no. a film, and it's meant to be a film that citizens are watching about their own planet. It's like propaganda, class. it seems. Yeah. yeah, and it does a great job of like explaining the world. Yeah, that we're setting being up introduced the world. to and the problems with the way that it works. I thought it was a really good little... Uh, the animation is great in that scene as yes, well. Yes, it's very cute. Yeah. She also says, rust in peace, yeah. about the robots who are kicked down to the surface. Love it. <laughs> very cute. So I actually thought this movie was okay. It's, it's, it's totally okay. And I was like, it is obviously written by someone who is fluent in the concepts that they're writing about. So it's like... Oh, that's a good way of putting it. So it's like, they obviously understand what AI, like the implications of AI and sentience and that kind of stuff, and are able to drop certain things in there. There's at one point Nathan Lane is talking about when he like shocks Astro Boy. He's the guy who's like the leader of the orphans on the surface. Yes. Who aren't necessarily really orphans at least Kristen bell is an orphan pretend she's a runaway <laughs> she's an orphan pretend <laughs> yeah like, i love uh, that rem song <laughs> <laughs> wait a second wait. so she ran away she ran away and is like calling home and she's like do they even know that but I'm they gonna... live on the floating city exactly yes. so did she jump well the fly away. the cars fly Oh. Because remember, she takes the flying car from the surface back up to the Ah, okay. Got it. Or she could have stowed away in some, like, robot disposal box. I see. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things left to explore. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so Nathan laid apart at one point when he shocks Astro Boy, uh, he drops his lines, like, uh, when his the kids are like, stop it, you're hurting him, or whatever, and he's like, oh, he's just, he seems like he's upset, but he's just pretending because he's a robot. Uh, and so you, it revealed like his attitude and sort of society's attitude as a whole was yet behind like the perceived fakeness of robots and like how they pretend to be human without actually being human. right. That reminded me of, and this is just a total digression that you can remove if needed. But I just love in the good place when you have to shut down Janet that her defense mechanism is to yes. like, is to like scream it's at you, plead. like no, no, please don't kill me. I don't watch The Good Place, oh. but I'll take your word for it. So she's she's a robot, basically, and there's a place where you go to shut her down, and the closer you get to pressing the button, the more she begs for her life. And then when you're like, stop doing that, she's like, it's just my programming. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, at one point he's had to do it, has to have done it like hundreds of times, and he's like, do we have to do this every time? She's like, yes, it is part of the fail-safe mechanism. <laughs> so one thing I found incredibly charming is the robot resistance force. No, the, sorry, the robot revolution front. The inexplicable Brits. The, the slapstick <laughs> British wacky characters. Correct. <laughs> when he's on the surface, he encounters these robots who have a secret hideout with huge neon signs <laughs> pointing at it. And they're like, welcome to the revolution. And the guy says, I'm Sparks, the brains. Robotsky, the muscle. And then a little mini fridge comes out and says, I'm Mike the Fridge. I'm the Fridge. <laughs> and I had to pause it and laugh for like three solid minutes. <laughs> and like, there's no real purpose for these characters. No. Like, they don't really impact the plot in any meaningful way. No. So they, what they, they do bring in the idea of the laws of robotics. That's why I started to think about them. Because they, they, they have this plan to, uh, to get Nathan Lane's character and make an example of him, but because they can't hurt humans... Their plan is to tickle him with a feather. <laughs> Which I think that's an interesting uh, subversion. Yeah, yes. loophole. I think that tickling, it's because it's harm. Isn't it harm 
Yes. Are you, so, looked, you looked at Bob like he programmed them. He's like, hey, hey, <laughs> fix that loophole. I, I, thought, I also thought you were talking about isn't tickling harm. That is literally what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it tickling harm? No. How is it not? Doesn't harm you? What? It's unpleasant. <laughs> well, but it's then, not the same thing. All right, but then I would argue that like a robot dentist who's like cleaning your teeth, it's unpleasant, but the end result is good. So I think there okay. has to be programming laxness for them to but submit you to discomfort. So I, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I on counterpoint, like legally unwanted discomfort is considered, like an assault is if yeah. you scare someone into thinking that they're going to be harmed, right? So I don't know, tickling someone, it's there's physical contact involved, it's definitely an assault. Oh yeah. So an assault is harmful. I just meant like programming wise why they might be able to loophole We just really need to talk to Isaac Asimov about this. (laughs) Also, maybe they wouldn't have been able to do it. Maybe they would have attempted to do it and failed because of their programming. Right. But yeah, so this movie, I appreciate this movie for the exact opposite reason that I hate Prometheus. Mm. Because Prometheus is written with absolutely no regard for any of the concepts that it has, it's trying to talk about. Whereas this is written with very, I think, very nicely touches on the the things that it wants to explore. Okay. This felt to me like they were trying to put too much into the movie. It felt like yep. this would have been a great kids TV show where like oh, the sure. robot revolutionary front could have been an episode or something like that. But it just, it felt like it covered a lot of ground in a weird way. So that didn't really hang together very much for me. Right. Yeah. And I think there are also, there are, there are many story elements that should have been something else. Like the gladiatorial arena would have been far better as a robot uprising prison riot. Yes. Oh yeah, improved by a prison riot. One hundred percent. Also, it happened so quickly. It the, did. the whole gladiatorial sequence, you know, it seems like this huge conflict. You know, he's been like conscripted into service, and this is also the moment that he's revealed as a robot to his surface friends because he has been hiding that from them. Yes. So like it seems like the biggest conflict since he died. And then <laughs> The whole sequence ends, like, within a Charlize Theron performance. I will say they spent less time on that than they did on the kids painting and refurbishing the robot that they're bringing to the robot wars. Yeah. Right. Like, they spent way more time being like, hey, 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 let's let's paint this pretty colors. And great paint job. What a refurb. Yes. So that was very strange to me, that it, it just felt very, like, weirdly condensed. This movie just, like, kind of has a missing spark or something. I know what it is. Yeah. Bad performances. Is it that? <laughs> it is. So okay. Nicolas Cage was terrible as the father. At some point, his son dies and he goes, where's Toby? Yeah. And that's it. Like, there's no... It's like your son just died. He's like, where is he? There. So, there, yeah, that, that was really... I mean, we can all tell what happened. This was in the thick of Nicolas Cage's I need to do every movie they offer me or the IRS will put me in jail, period, right? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Nicolas Cage is one of those people. Remember you asked me last week, like, who's an actor that everyone loves that you're like, eh, doesn't do it for me. Yeah. A thousand percent Nicolas Cage. No, everyone doesn't love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> people love not loving Nicolas okay, Cage. Okay, I mean, I love Nicolas Cage. I can't. But yeah, like, there just was a period of time where he was doing every movie he possibly could so well, i'm sure voiceover was really exciting to him because it's like you know an afternoon of work sure <laughs> and i'm sure that that mausoleum that he bought for himself in new orleans is cheap so <laughs> but yeah he comes across as the dumbest scientist in history and the emotion the most emotionless bereft father i've ever heard of and then yeah. meanwhile dr elephant is 
like so much more tender and loving. Yes. But I could not look at his face because the proportions in this movie I found actually like physically upsetting. <laughs> like he would come on screen and I felt like like it was almost like looking at like an HR Geiger thing. I was like, oh, this is gross. Get that gross face out of here. What? Yes, his nose was so wrong on his face. And also like Astro Boy's wrists, like when he was sitting next to uh <laughs> to Kristen Bell's character and she was this like delicate little Disney pixie and he had these like monster wrists and he, does, he looks like a doll sitting he has, next to a human he, he's a robot he I has, know but it was gross like you know the uncanny valley thing he has a kind of Popeye like proportion to him where he has like gross big forearms he does have huge arms because yeah. uh, there's rockets inside of them look I'm not saying that the logic of why they'd look like that is wrong I'm just saying that for me like in terms of like just looking, just the look of the movie, I found kind of gross. Mm-hmm. And the person who I think did the voice acting for Astro Boy himself was Freddie well, Highmore. Is, is who that is? But he's British and doing an American accent, which is a oh. which is apparently a weird. I don't know why they always do that with robot animated movies because Ewan McGregor was the same deal. Oh yeah, that's probably why it came across as slightly wrong. I just watched an episode of Black Mirror that had the same phenomenon. It had a bunch of British actors all playing Americans, and it seemed just off. I just I just thought the acting in it, besides Dr. Oliphant, was very off. Like, Nathan Lane, I thought, was miscast as that character. Yeah. What I was going to say is that when I went and looked at the reviews, every single review has, like, some variation on it's a little bit lifeless. Or, should I say, robotic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. They're not wrong to lean into that. But, like, seriously, there there's just, like, some something missing from this movie yeah there is i feel like and i i felt like the like some of the notes just didn't hit right like it's like nicholas cage didn't seem emotional enough about his son the robot boy's like reaction to figuring out that he's a robot was very uncomplicated it was like yes. cool i got rockets for to legs. be fair the way he figures out he's a robot is that he hears a robot talking to its robot friend yeah. and is like i'm not supposed to understand robots and then they accidentally pull him out of his high-rise building into the air and then he does not fall to his death because he can fly right and then so like a- i feel like that would be a moment where you wouldn't be horrified by your robotic existence but delighted by being able to fly yes and he has the consciousness of a 10 year old boy that I, I i will concede all of that but then he goes on a flying jaunt and with nary a like i'm gonna what what makes me think that i can do this he tunnels through a mountain yes like it's one thing to That's know true, that you yeah. can fly and then he's like mountain hey dad i just went through a mountain but he still hasn't figured out that he's a robot it's this all that also had two sight gags or whatever that really bothered me the first being some guy at a restaurant says this steak is undercooked and then his <laughs> rocket feet cook it more yes no one ever complains about undercooked steak <laughs> that's your takeaway from that yes <laughs> that is that is not true because if there's a thing on this earth that a human can complain about someone right, has complained about enough. that thing then the second thing is that he gives some woman a tan by burning yeah, her that, right? was, that didn't make any sense okay no you don't that's not how tans work <laughs> <laughs> maybe the ultraviolet rockets that's how he's okay. propelling himself through the air and then also who's tanning in the future in an elevated city it's Why not? They no. don't have to work at all. It's above the clouds. It's a great I, place to tan. Skin cancer is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm just assuming that robots can take care of that for you at that point. Oh, fair enough. Well, I, I think another thing is like the movie drop like 
weaves in like very serious things. Like it's sort of like the whole planet went to shit because we're too wasteful. Yup. And, <laughs> and like that's it. And then like yeah. the city crashes to the ground and it's definitely like there's like an allusion to like a class thing where they're like, ugh, you're from up there. And it's sort of like, oh, so there's a whole divide between all of humanity. Also, the <laughs> orphan kids are all sort of racially ambiguous in a way that you could interpret them as people of color. And then everybody on the floating city is white. And also, <laughs> he's the president and he's running for re-election, but he's real casual about being like, hey, have these people taken out and shot? Like he's not yeah. really a president. It's very dictator-like powers and he like throws his like military weight around a lot and everyone's kind of like no that's the way it is and so i think that's some of i think the stakes in the movie are sometimes disproportionate to how the characters within the movie react to them Mm -hmm. that's all yeah i don't know there there is just a spark missing that's accurate for sure all right Um, you guys want to hear some ebert or mebert yeah yeah all right He's a boy robot of few words and simple ideas, but he has pluck and cannons built into his chest and butt. You don't see that every day. I'm going to uh, go Mebert. Mebert. That is an Ebert. <laughs> what? <laughs> he don't see that every day. You are correct. He has cannons built into his chest and butt. Chest and butt. But the one, but the one good butt thing was... <laughs> He definitely, that is one time where he did react. He was like, I've got guns in my butt. And that was funny. Also, it's so weird to think about his father creates this robot. He said he gave him the highest defense technology available so he'd never get hurt. Okay, but, but? (laughs) Any any inch of usable space for defense. (laughs) All right. So I'm just going to like, like, I think each character's motivations are relatively solid, not well realized like especially Nicolas Cage and also Donald Sutherland's his action of putting the red ball in the peacekeeper a second time like makes no sense after what happened he first should time. know better so, yeah so that doesn't make any sense I also think Nicolas Cage's whole thing of uh I know he's like my son but he's not my son nothing more to say about that yeah it was like he was just so flat and boring and he just can't act at all he's terrible so all right let's talk about who Keanu should play Because I am very torn between Keanu replacing Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. and Keanu replacing Nathan Lane. Because I felt both of them were, like, notably off off in their roles. Could we cast Nathan Lane as the father? Like, just bump him one (laughs) and then put Keanu... I thought Nathan Lane was okay. Um, I would replace Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, I really liked Samuel Jackson, who plays the Baymax giant robot that they spend a long time refurbishing. Yes, but I thought he was tragically underused, and I thought Keanu's voice being like, I'm old school, would have been, would have sounded better and more friendly. Oh, okay. Uh, I really liked Samuel Jackson. I I also really liked the, this is going to sound super weird and insulting to Samuel Jackson, and I don't mean it this way. I think he's a great actor. It sounded like he was trying harder in that role where he has two or three lines of voiceover work <laughs> than he does in a lot of his live action roles. Like, it felt like he was putting a lot of effort into sounding like a gentle robot. Aww. Yeah. I didn't know it was him until you guys said it. I oh, don't okay. even remember that robot speaking. So He barely does. He has like okay. two words. At first I was like definitively let's get Nicolas Cage out of here. Yeah. But there's part of me that's like, you know what? Like maybe Keanu could just play the Astro Boy. Like that boy wasn't good either. 
And oh. I guess it would have to be like time jumped Keanu to be like slightly younger. But I feel like imagine his like whoa when he figured out that he has like, <laughs> a cannon in his butt and cannon. I've got that would be great. I've yeah. got a gun in my butt. Whoa! <laughs> that would be yeah. So and like it sucks that we have to still live with Nicholas Cage in that world. But I think it would be fun if he were Astro Boy. I just feel like Keanu's voice does not sound even plausibly childlike. Well, though. I would do age appropriate. Oh, could, could we? Possibly... we can time jump. Could, okay. could we make an animated movie where Keanu replaced every character? Yeah, why not? He could voice over everyone. Uh, but Kristen Bell was charming. Kristen Bell was That's charming. True. I liked the, as I discussed, I liked the inexplicably British robot. They were fun. Revolutionary oh, yeah. front. Bill Nig- Niggy Nighy. 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 Yeah. <sighs> British people. Bill Nighy was good. <laughs> yeah. As Dr. Elephant. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm still like, oh God, how can I have the opportunity to get Nick Cage out of this movie and not do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately my choice is to replace Nicolas Cage. Okay, good. At I least as long as one of us yeah. is doing it, then I I'll... think that's the right choice. So two Nick Cages, one little kid. All right. Wait, you said you want him to replace yeah. the Baymax guy. Yeah. What is the Baymax guy's name? Zog. Zog. There you go. Oh, here's another Did thing that really bothered me in this movie. Really bothered me. They eat people's discarded pizza. Oh, oh the cockroaches. Yeah. Who throws away leftover pizza <laughs> pizza shops that haven't sold them all right i'll allow it <laughs> i was like really upset by that more upset by that than the fact that it had cockroaches on it and yes like, still good extra protein barf <laughs> barf get used to it it's the future yeah it was just like they're eating garbage and everyone's like la-di-da move it along i was upset by the unexplained grace character i wanted more grace <laughs> Great. <laughs> so here's uh so they sit down to their meal of leftover pizza or Roach discarded pizza. pizza and Nathan Lane is leading, you know, as, as the weird surrogate dad for all these pseudo orphans. He's like, "Hey, aren't we forgetting something?" And Astro Boy says, "Grace." And he's like, "Thank you." And then he says, Grace! And this little girl with a hat that says Grace is like, all right, and then turns on like 45 televisions. And then they all scarf down pizza. And that's all we really get of Grace. No, she comes back later in the fighting between oh. the end boss. She what does she do? Up. I don't know. She like drives the car or something. Okay. She has some sort of like. She's in the car at least. Yeah. Like knocks it out of the park moment. Yeah. She adds peril. She, she Is she in peril? No, I think she scrappily saves people. Oh yeah, but they're but they're also ex, ex, you know trying to escape from the destruction in the car. I was trying clearly to avoid not it. paying very much attention towards the end. It was hard to watch the end. Do we think that social implications of robots doing everything are well explored? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think that they are. Like, I think what you you hit the nail on the head when you were saying like they are well versed in these ideas. Like, yes. I think that all of the ideas that are presented here have been considered. But I don't know if that consideration made it into the movie effectively. I think that the movie has a position on them, but it doesn't bother to, like, talk with us about reaching that position. Like, I think the movie obviously thinks that using robots and then discarding them is bad. Yeah. But it doesn't spend any time, like, exploring why. It's just sort of... Right, yeah. It sets up a lot of threads and then doesn't follow through. Yeah, or, like, but I think it doesn't do the thing of, like, could it be good? Could it be bad? Like, I think the movie's definitively, like, yeah, no, like... Being wasteful is what led us to here, but still, let's just have zany fun. Yeah. Do you think so? 
Yeah, I agree. Also, like, snow and, like, the, we have to be at war. So Snowed. Whatever. <laughs> Snowden is all like, hey, bleak them files. No, but, like, the way that it's, like, oh, it's obvious that political power is derived through fake military. Like, he, like, talks about, like, an inventing a war. Yeah. I like the part where he's like, I don't understand how my approval ratings were so low. I was very popular in high school. <laughs> I didn't catch that. It's early on. Also, like, the scientists where they're like, we just want to help, like, we've got a blue core to help all of humanity and fix all the problems of the things that we've done. And so one thing that was confusing to me is they put the entire blue core in this one robot. Right. This one replace my dead son robot. Yeah. They invent this thing to fix the world, and then he's like, I can't deny a grieving father. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a misallocation of resources. Potentially, yes. <laughs> but apparently when it's in him, he can breathe it into other things willy-nilly. Yes. So, is that some kind of metaphor? Is that like that thing with bucket, and then you put stones in it, and then water, and then sand? No, it's not. <laughs> I, think, I think it's more... Uh... <laughs> Everything comes back to the saint, starring <laughs> Rodney Trebechia. But do you guys think that there's ever a time where first fusion... build Rodney Trebechia first build? But do you guys ever think that like unlimited energy is ever portrayed as anything other than blue? <laughs> <laughs> like no one's ever like this is the energy that will save humanity. It's shit brown. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because, like, fire is red and that is, like, combustion is what we have. Okay. So it makes sense to me to be, like, if we had something completely different, it would be... Electricity doesn't have a color, does it? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't in the air when it sparks. True. True. I thought maybe it was, like, just because they put it in him because it was cold fusion power or whatever. It is star fusion. It's it's pure goodness, right? Isn't that what they say? Pure positive energy. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> also, why does the peacekeeper have absorption powers but nobody else does? When he starts eating buildings, I'm like, what about all the people in the building? The character, the character design is pretty cool once he starts absorbing buildings and, yeah. like, gets a city on his back. It's a well-designed movie. It stays very faithful to the look of the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, Popeye arms and all. Popeye <laughs> arms and giant proboscis monkey noses. Oh, that's so upsetting. How did you look at it? But yeah, it is definitely missing some elemental X factor that movies like Wally and stuff have in spades. All right, guys, what is your ranking? Uh, so I've ranked it. Let me see. Uh, I've ranked it just one place higher than Mighty Joe Young. Oh wow, that's pretty is, high. Which is actually pretty high. Yeah, I liked its ambition. I uh, respect that. And like the concept that it is, like it it made. Especially if I was a kid, I would I would think it would make me consider the implications of artificial intelligence. Um, that being said, it's it's still one place below trapped. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that. I'm gonna rank mine one below the Legend of Bagger Vance because she's in that movie more. And oh crap, I'm running into my own rubric here. She's in it so little. Uh, whatever. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. One below the Legend of Bagger Vance and one above Battle in Seattle. Okay, even though I think she does a more compelling performance than Prometheus. <laughs> so I will put it. I it's, it's somewhere in the middle, <laughs> and I, I'm sort of I'm sort of wavering between various things. But ultimately, I'm going to go with between Snow White and the Huntsman and the Cider House Rules, which I think is literally my dead middle position. Yeah, because uh, it's 
It's fine. That's very close to my <laughs> yeah. position. There as are well. things I have listed below it that I enjoyed watching more or that I think are better made, but mm-hmm. this succeeded more than them in other ways. Yeah, like I think last week's movie was aggressively boring. Like it wasn't bad. It didn't have anything to be mad about. And this is sort of like aggressively like, yeah, it's fine. This is fine. This yeah. is a movie. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't necessarily show it to a kid, though. I think it might be a little too disturbing for a lot of kids. I don't know. But then whenever I say that, I also think about all of the really, really upsetting things I watched as a child. Yeah. So kids can handle it. So it's I, true. I think the opposite. I like, I think that the what's good about this movie is it has some stakes and some things really do happen. Like a lot of kids' movies nowadays are very sanitized. But things like, you know, The Iron Giant has is a really good kids' movie. And, you know, it has real legitimate danger and, like, bloody noses and all that kind of stuff yeah. in it. But also consequences in a way that this doesn't this necessarily. This doesn't have it. That's yeah. true. Right? Yeah. Horrible yeah. things happen and then... It's okay. Yeah, like right. Bill's yeah, yeah. father is thrown in prison, and she's real upset, and she's Im- she's also imprisoned. But again, like, or I don't know, like I feel like there's like real stakes in Aladdin, and there are scary moments in that. But that like, poor guy gets eaten. I know. I hate that part. <laughs> but yeah. So all in all, kind of middle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we're going to be looking at another brief appearance where she only appears at the beginning to explain the concept of the movie. Really? For real? Sort of. Okay. <laughs> the Road, what, which was definitely on my short list of things I was least looking forward to watching in this endeavor. So, Seems fair. Oh, then that'll be the last one. We've got, we, had, we hit Prometheus a long time ago. We just did Monster and now yours. Yeah, I, my my number one was a million yeah, ways wow, to die in the West. Fair so, enough, yeah. but this was, that was on my short list. And we will have a very special guest. Well, we better. Yeah. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, once again, thanks for listening. Thanks to Alex Reed for our theme song. Please follow us on Instagram at Charlize Theronathon. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Theronathon. Thanks for listening. Most Most of of all. all, Thank you, Charlize. All the same problems as the end of Man of Steel. Oh, this is just too much destruction to even be bothered with. Well, I look forward to the really terrible sequel, <laughs> Astro Boy versus <laughs> Wally: Dawn of Robotic Justice. Wait, who would be the Robot Justice League? Astro <laughs> Boy and Wally and Eve. That dude you guys keep talking about from the movie I never saw. Baby, <laughs> Giant. Definitely. Also, come on, three PO does not get the love that he deserves. It's no. okay to be an anxious he- person. <laughs> She's not just anxious; he's also just mean. He's not. Mean, he's worried all the time, and I love it. Anyway, him. 3PO's on my Justice League. If <laughs> <laughs> the C3PO is the Aquaman, <laughs> he can be Hawkeye, he's just sort of sitting in the background being like, I know that's, that's the Avengers! <laughs>